The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. And today we are talking about a subject that is really uh, spoken about a lot. Uh, It's causing a lot of issues for people, including me. And it's about gluten. And my guest is the world's leading expert at gluten-related disorders, Dr. Alessio Fisano, MD, founder and director of the Center for Celiac Research at Massachusetts General Hospital, Harvard Medical School. And the name of the book is Gluten Freedom. Gluten Freedom. Welcome, Dr. Fasano. Thank you, Patricia, for having me um, on your show. Good. You know, you're at the center of a field that's getting a lot of media exposure. We have this explosion of gluten-free marketing. How do you feel about this? I mean, is some of it hype, or is is it really real, and is it helpful, or is it confusing? I have mixed feelings about this, partially because I feel responsible for this hype, because it is a hype. Uh, Some justifiable, some is not. Um, You know, if you you know, look at the landscape of people that consume gluten-free products, you can really divide this in two big uh, groups. The one, they go gluten-free because they have medical necessity, so they have a problem that can be fixed only by embracing this diet. And then the, the occasional consumers, that, that they really, you know, embrace the diets, not for medical necessity, so call it fat, call it hype, call it fashionable, I, I don't know what to call it, uh, that is really confusing the entire landscape. And and it, I think the issue is, I eat gluten free. I just I'm just sensitive to it. But the question is, you know, how do you know? Because it it may be gluten free, but there may be other things in there that may not work for you. There may be another type of flour, or there may be some kind of additive or something that may not work for you. So how do you know? Yeah, that's another a, a additional confounding factor to try to really understand what we're dealing with and the magnitude of the problem. Um, again, uh, provided we're talking like, in your case, a situation which you do not feel well, you have symptoms that seems to be resolved or at least, you know, ameliorated by embracing the gluten-free diet. So we're talking now medical necessity. What we're talking about, and how do I know that it's gluten, nothing else that I'm eliminating going gluten-free, that is driving the process? And again, this is a really a complicated matter because even the people that go gluten-free for medical necessity, this is a mixed bag. There are people that they really react to gluten ingestion because they have an allergic reaction to it, uh, what we call wheat allergy. Uh-huh. Um, they affect roughly 0.51% of the population. 
They are the ones that react to gluten because they have an autoimmune reaction to gluten. And these are the people who are affected by celiac disease. That is a condition in which, you know, because of the ingestion of gluten, you have the auto-destruction of your intestine, and therefore all the functions related to it are impaired, and you develop accordingly symptoms. And then there is a third group that is, you know, the ones that's more complicated because it's of relatively new uh, knowledge about this group that we call gluten sensitivity or non-seeded gluten sensitivity, in right. which, again, people, they feel sick when they ingest gluten and they feel better when gluten yeah. is eliminated, for which we don't have a test yet. So it's a little bit more difficult to establish who are these people. And well, see, here, here's my, yeah, my question to you, too, is that, you know, in the last 40 years, we didn't have this issue 40 years ago. So from what I've read and understood, it has to do with the way the wheat is being processed. Is that correct? Uh, partially correct. I, I think that, you know, the reason why we have this wealth of people that seems to be sick when ingest gluten is a combination of factors. One, uh, of course, increase awareness. We, you know, until a few years ago, we didn't even know about the disease and gluten and so on and so right. forth. Uh, two, because now we learn that besides the disease, uh, you can get sick by ingesting gluten because of other problems, and we didn't know this before. Uh, three, uh, you know, because of the increased awareness, healthcare professionals, they pay more attention to these gluten-related disorders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and four, maybe that we indeed are doing something to our grains for which, you know, we react more frequently than we used to do in the past. Um, you know, some people, they believe that it's due to the fact that we engineer grains, but there are no GMOs uh, wheat right now, so that seems not to be the case. Some other believes that, you know, um, pesticides or, of, or, you know, chemicals that we put on these plants that will be ingested will be the ones that will create the problem. Uh, other people, they believe that it's the way that we process this stuff, you know. Um, in the past, to prepare so, the dough to make bread in the morning, it was an overnight process. And, you know, yeast that you put in there with water to do that will have much more time with their enzymes well, to digest I, the toxic elements. Right, and I think that's another issue, Dr. Fasano, is the yeast. Because for yeah. some people, I know uh, there have been times when, I've eaten, for example, I had a gluten-free pretzel. I'm going back a few months now, and it was gluten-free, but it had yeast in it. And after I had several of them, I started to feel tired. I get this kind of tired, foggy brain, and I said, well, what was it? And then I noticed there was yeast. So, I mean, that's another issue. Yeah, uh, and again, uh, um, it depends if you use the natural yeast or this, okay, you know, and a, a synthetic yeast and so on and so forth. So uh, it, is, it is an issue, uh, no, no question about that. But once again, this is more of a finicky, not clear, clear uh, situation which one we're dealing with. So, um, what, would so you, what would you suggest? What would you say to people? I mean, what, what are some safe things we can do? Well, the safe way to approach the entire issue is is to try to go back to where we're coming from. So, in other words, uh, without going uh, back and living in the caves, that is unpractical. Uh, right. You know, we as a species have been involving for for a long time, for 2.5 million years, but we really departed from the lifestyle that we evolved with only recently. You know, if you imagine, I don't know, that only three generations ago, there were no refrigerators. So we had to produce and consume stuff locally. Uh, and, and it's been only recently that we dramatically depart from the lifestyle that we were used to. Regaining a little bit the way that we evolved as a species can help. Um, 
you know, I'm not saying again that we have to go back uh, to what was the lifestyle a thousand years ago, but, you know, it uh, would not be inappropriate, for example, to avoid eating uh, junk food every time or to just use uh, pre-packed food that you put in the microwave and just warm up as dinner. Um, that's not the way that we evolved. Yeah. So, I mean, would you say to people, spend more, have more protein, more vegetables, eat less um, carbohydrates altogether? What would you say? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, our ancestors developed by eating fruits, vegetables, uh, you know, tubers, uh, nuts, a little bit of uh, fish, a little bit of meat, uh, and eating several times a day and not two, three major meals a day. Yeah, so if we go back to that lifestyle, I will assume that, you know, this will agree with our body the way that we evolved as a species and we will feel better. I mean, you know, it's pretty much the concept of the Mediterranean diet, if you wish. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, but, and, and the misconception is, we, we talk about wheat, rye, and barley. Are those the three problematic gluten uh, grains? Yeah, I mean, for, for people, they have problems with gluten-related disorders. Most, most definitely they are. Yeah. Okay. So, so and those are the ones that definitely need to be eliminated. Let's talk about something a little more serious, which is a link between gluten and conditions such as autism and schizophrenia. What is your opinion? Well, again, this is a highly, highly debated and uh, controversial, you know, issue. Um, and again, uh, the discussion is polarized from between believers and non-believers. The believers say, you know, if we if we put these people on a gluten-free diet this problem will be resolved. And the non-believers are, you know, just the opposite. This is all bogus. It is not true. Personally, I believe that the truth is somewhere in the middle. These are very complicated conditions. And, um, you know, and therefore, when you talk about schizophrenia or autism, you talk about the final destination, how the people who got there can be very, very different from one patient to another. Um, We know, for example, that you know, for, for autism, uh, there, there have been desc- described some issues with genetics and metabolic disorder, oxidative stress. Uh, they are not mutually exclusive. And also food intolerances, and like including gluten sensitivity, have been advocated as a possibility. Mm-hmm. The, the, the challenge here is to find the subgroup that reached that final destination through the gluten problem and target them specifically by eliminating from their diet, you know, the, the uh, offending uh, element, I gluten, so that you can have a return on investment. That's where is our current, um, you know, challenge. Hmm. So let's talk about the testing. So if, if you eat gluten, you know, as I have, and you feel tired or you feel bloated or, or whatever your symptom is, then should you get tested? And I think my question is, how reliable is the test? Well, the, the tests for wheat allergy and for celiac disease are extremely reliable. The tests for gluten sensitivity, because we just dis- rediscovered these conditions, are not reliable at all. They are still work in progress. And that's the reason why if you find anything out there that claims that, you know, they can do that and so on and so forth, I will be very skeptical. Mm. So what, what do you hear as the symptoms is it bloating? Is it being tired? Is it gastrointestinal issues, um, bowel issues? What, what are you hearing from people 
who have problems? Uh, all of the above. Um, and again, um, you know, if you look at the list of symptoms that people with uh, gluten sensitivity, they experience that at the top of the list, roughly 70% of the people, they, they have the bloating and stomach ache. 40% they uh, have a skin rash like eczema. One third they claim a chronic fatigue. Another mm-hmm. third claims uh, that they have a foggy mind. They can't think straight. Yep. Um, um, you know, roughly one fourth of people, 25% claim joint pain, another 20% anemia. So they take singularly, not very specific symptoms that, have, by the way, overlap quite substantially. Um, with, uh, uh, you know, uh, the syndrome of celiac disease. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I find this, and again, I'm just sensitive, but I find that I can have it in a very small amounts. If I wanted to have a half a piece of something, but if I ate two, three, or four pieces, I would, I would be affected. Talk about that. Talk about, you know, eating it in small amounts. Uh, well, again, uh, this is not unusual because uh, in Y-CD disease, the threshold is always very, very high. So even minuscule amount of cramps of bread can put you out of commission. Um, that's not the case for people with, like you that have sensitivity to gluten. Some people, they have the same level of sensitivity that... Um, uh, people with, uh, you know, CD disease have, so a minuscule amount to put them out of, of commission. Other people like you can eat some of the amount that's been fine, and if they go over but, that, you know, um, threshold, we'll be out of commission. I just want to share a personal story, because this, this happened about a couple years ago to me, is I was getting itchy, and I, was, I also get itchy. That's another thing that will happen. So I got off of a lot of things. And I had been off of gluten for probably maybe three months. And I decided, I started reintroducing it, and I was okay. I had a little here, a little there. And then one night, I went out and I had a pizza. I had four pieces of pizza. I want to tell you that it was, it was like I was drunk. The next day, I was useless. I was exhausted. I had a headache. And it lasted about two or three days to get this out of my system. And then I gave it up. <laughs> And I said, you're done. But, you know, I I, I mean, I'd love you to address that because I'm sure I'm not alone. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, That's typical. Absolutely typical of uh, people that have reaction to gluten, just the way that you described. Yeah. 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 Just typical. And and it really it was it was really um, debilitating because I, I just couldn't function in the same way. It was very much like having a hangover. You know, from my yep. from my much younger years, remembering that, <laughs> and yeah. I think oh, yeah. you know, and I think that, um, but but what amazes me is that it's everyone's talking about gluten now. You know, two years ago, people would say to me, "Are you celiac?" and I'd say, "No." Now they don't even ask you because everybody's asking for gluten free. It's in every restaurant. Yep. Yeah. Again, this is uh, this is one of few advantage of the hype uh, with this gluten-free diet. Uh, people that really need uh, to be gluten-free for medical necessity are enjoying now the variety of food, the availability of the food, the understanding, uh, you know, what uh, gluten-free diet is and so on and so forth. That was not the case before that uh, gluten-free uh, became such a, a fashionable diet. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we've got five minutes before the break, and then we can come back. Um, what is something in your book that you'd really like people to know? You know, in, for example, in your book, you have something that says, want fries with that gluten-free burger. What do you say to that? Well, again, I really do believe that the book was written in response of, indeed, the uh, tremendous confusion about this entire field in the face of the increasing popularity of the gluten-free diet. There are so many fantasies and, and, and false claims or claims that are not substantiated that are out there that the people that they really are conceptualizing uh, to uh, eventually consider a gluten-free diet got so confused uh, to yeah. answer the question, is this diet appropriate for me, yes or no? And if it does, how should I engage in this diet? What are the steps uh, that I need to take to really move forward, you know, this, this journey? And, and I believe that, again, in a very conversational style, so that this is not written just for the expert in the field of, the, you know, with uh, too much technical jargon, but for the general readership, you can read the, this book and, and, and answer so many questions yeah. in a factual way. And coming from a place that is the center for senior research that was there from the very beginning. They started the entire field because, you know, at the beginning we had other challenges when we started this enterprise. Nobody knew about celiac disease. Nobody knew about the gluten-free diet. And we had to fight to increase awareness. Now we found the pendulum swung all the other way, and now we're fighting a totally different kind of war, i.e. to, you know, educate people what this is all about, and if and when you should really consider the gluten-free diet. Right. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue talking with Dr. Alessio Fisano, who is the, he's the nation's leading expert on gluten-free lifestyle. And his book is Gluten Freedom. He's the founder and director of the Center for Celiac Research at Massachusetts General Hospital, Harvard Medical School. And we're going to talk more to Dr. Fasano. How can people get your book? Amazon or, you know, they can uh, buy in Noble or any other places. Uh, it's, it's available both online and in bookstores. All right. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some things that you can do that are very practical to help you with this whole issue of gluten-free and how you can help yourself eat healthier and feel better. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, and we are on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. find on get real radio well quite honestly who you really are join host james robinson each week for a program designed to reveal more about yourself and your world through words of wisdom and profound guests you'll discover more about the spiritual movement and how it can work with you and alert you to problems you may not be aware of it will educate titillate and enlighten your mind Get Real Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This could end up being the best time of your week. Women can live their lives to the fullest and realize their dreams for growth and greatness. 
Georgine Summers knows. As host of On the Edge, Georgine will give you powerful tools and rules to help you change direction in your life and get rid of the fears that stop you from living your dreams. Stretch your boundaries and become the amazing person you've always wanted to be. On the Edge with Georgine Summers airs live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are really talking about a very important subject, which is gluten and how so many people are having gluten intolerances and gluten sensitivity. Uh, I am with the founder and director for the Center of Celiac Research at Massachusetts General Hospital, Dr. Alessio Fizzano, MD. He is a national, international keynote speaker. He's a visiting professor at Harvard Medical School and the chief of Division of Pediatric Gastroenterology and Nutrition at Mass General Hospital for Children. His new book is Gluten Freedom, and he's the nation's leading expert on this subject. Welcome back, Dr. Fisano. Thank you. Okay. Thank you again for having me. All right. Well, you know, during the break, I was telling you all my stuff about gluten. And, you know, I mean, and I know I'm not alone, but after a while, it, it becomes very frustrating because you want to be able to eat and enjoy your life and you're cutting out a lot of things. So what's your advice to people? I mean, should they eliminate and then try it again? What should they eliminate? What are they safe with? What's your advice? Well, my advice, first and foremost, if there's any suspicion that gluten or other food elements can uh, really trigger symptoms, to not give it a try and eliminate. But doing this after consulting with a healthcare professional, a doctor, or a, preferably a nutritionist or, uh, you know, a dietitian, or if you suspect something related to gluten uh, with the doctor that knows about celiac disease and gluten-related disorders. Because once you go on a gluten-free diet, for example, the tool to understand if indeed you need to be on a diet, and if you do, on which part of the spectrum of this gluten-related disorders you are, um, would not be available anymore. And as we mentioned before in the previous segment of the show, um, if you are a celiac, you may need to engage, you know, this game in a totally different way that, than if you have gluten sensitivity. The former, you need to be strictly gluten-free. Even a crumb is not acceptable for life. Uh, the latter, you know, you may have more flexibility. Right. Right. What about, talk about histamine. Because when you break out, right, or when you have rashes, it's a histamine reaction, which also can be triggered by gluten. So um, should you be looking at foods that are high in histamine and eliminating those? 
Well, again, uh, um, when we talk about allergic reaction that uh, will give you symptoms, including itchiness and so on and so forth, in general, we talk about a very specific chain of events, most of the time, not exclusively, but most of the times triggered by food, uh, you know, uh, intake that will eventually lead to the production of a specific antibodies that we call IgE. Um, that are eventually activating some immune cells we call eosinophils that will eventually touch some other cells. They're called mast cells that release this chemical that's called histamine. And histamine is the one that is responsible for, you know, the itchiness, the rash, and so on and so forth. So if you have a specific foodstuff that does that, the elimination of that foodstuff should suffice to stop release of histamine and therefore the symptoms related to it. Um, if you eliminate also other foodstuff that easily release histamine, like uh, tomato, uh, or to- tomato juice or, or, you know, sauce in general or right. spicy food or, you know, chocolate and so on and so forth, um, again, now you do something that is not specific uh, to the process that lets the histamine release, uh, but you're trying to mitigate the entire process. And the return on investment can be frustrating because you need to now to eliminate so many things from the diet without too much of an incremental improvement in your symptoms. So I believe that you know, rather than you know, blindly try to mitigate the amount of uh, histamine that's released, uh, it would be preferable to target specifically the reason why histamine is released and remove that cause. Again, if you have food allergies, you remove the, the offending uh, foodstuff. Mm-hmm. And that's done through testing? Yes, uh, there is done through testing. For example, the cl- classical test is the skin test that we call prick test, in which you see the bumps that it's created by histamine release when you're exposed to a specific foodstuff. All right, so so you really need to, and would you see an, an allergist or would you see a gastroenterologist? Yeah, yeah in, in general, again, uh, if, if there is a... First of all, the key figure to really uh, orchestrate all this is your, you know, personal physician, internist or pediatrician, depending on the age. He or she needs to really start to think about the possible reasons of your symptoms and accordingly send you to the appropriate specialist, in this case an an allergist, that will be able to really uh, try to figure out if indeed you react to one or more foodstuff that is responsible for the symptoms that you're experiencing. Yeah, and sometimes you have a sensitive skin, like dermography, for example, right, where your skin well, is just sensitive. Yeah, but that's yet another problem. There is that, you know, the propensity to release histamine, uh, it's, it's much more crisp in these people than, you know, the general population. So, uh, so a minimal trigger for release will create, you know, massive release of histamine and the symptoms that can easily, you know, occur. Um, and again, this is just to say that there is more propensity to uh, develop this, you know, reaction like itchy skin and, and other allergic reaction. But you still need an instigator, something that should instruct the cells, the stems, the 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 the, the, the histamine releasing cells, uh, these muscle cells, to release histamine. And usually, that's a food, right? Um, any allergens, I mean, in general, foods, but, you know, again, there are other allergens like, like you know, um, um, cut air or, you know, um, 
you know, parasites that live in the house and that so on and so forth, they can instigate allergies. But by far, food allergens are the most frequent of all. Yeah. All right. So we have a few minutes left. So what would you like to, what's your message for our listeners, Dr. Fasano? I mean, I know it's confusing, but about gluten and gluten freedom, what's your, what's your strong message? Well, the, 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 in a nutshell, I would say if you do have any sense that you indeed may have a problem with uh, gluten that is affecting your symptoms, or on the other hand, if your symptoms that uh, you, you've been told uh, can be caused by gluten before that you do anything, anything, uh, do not embrace the diet, don't give it a try, but just consult your physician. Um, self-serving, I would say, read the book, uh, because that clarifies so many issues. I want also to clarify that, you know, the, the um, revenues of this book will be totally reinvested in research. There is no gain from personal gain here, because all the revenues will be invested in the research of the Center for Senior Research. So there is, uh, you know, again, not, not personal interest in, in selling the book, other than, you know, um, do two good things. Share what is factual information about, you know, gluten, and uh, support the research so that people will have been uh, uh, helped in a better way by, you know, increasing our knowledge and, and, uh, and, and science in this field that is becoming more and more popular, but also more and more confusing. Yeah. You have a whole chapter here on gluten in your golden years, and you say that it, it affects all ages. Yeah, again, uh, this, this, you know, you have to appreciate that, you know, when particularly celiac disease was, you know, the only condition that we were aware of uh, that was responsible for, um, you know, gluten reaction, that this was, you know, described as a pediatric condition. Um, and we never occur in our mind that people can really develop celiac disease at any age. And, you know, there is, there is, there are sections in the book that will guide the reader how to engage in this diet uh, from, you know, before that you're born all the way to the golden age because there are different challenges and different, you know, uh, way to uh, eventually in, enjoy a, a quality life despite that you have to go on this elimination diet. Um, and, you know, there are very, uh, you know, direct testimonial people that, in other words, firsthand have been experienced you know, the necessity to embrace this diet, for example, in golden age, they're being given voice in this book so they can share with the other people um, that may eventually have that kind of need. What, what did they went through yeah. and how they what did that? So you have the testimony. All right, and yep. again, how can people get your book? Well, it's, again, it's available online through Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, or it can be, you know, found in any bookstore. All right. Well, really, thank you so much. Stay on the line for a minute. Thank you so much for being on the program. It, it, the book is um, very informative. It, it tells you some safe ingredients. It talks about testimony. It, it gives you many and gives you some recipes as well. There's some yeah. recipes in yeah. here. Well, so there's an entire chapter dedicated at a, at a real meal, uh, Italian meal, uh, that is not adapted to be gluten-free, but this is the real deal. So testimonial that you can have really... Uh, palatable, enjoyable, and 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 and, and um, healthy foods that can be uh, cooked gluten free without renouncing it to anything that you know a, a classical Italian meal would require for enjoyment. 
All right. Well, we really thank you for coming on the program, and this will clear up an awful lot. All right, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, um, this wraps up this session or this interview for Patricia Raskin Positive Living on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Remember to stay healthy and stay happy and get the support you need and know you can make your dreams come true. Write to me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com and get this book, Gluten Freedom, by Dr. Alessio Fasano, MD. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.